This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Episodes of Idolo are presented in both English and Spanish. This is the English version. Si quieres escuchar en español, vuelve al feed y selecciona el título en español. This podcast contains graphic language, scenes of violence, and drug use that are not suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Episode 3. The Love Triangle Theory. A couple of years ago, I was working with a lot of Norteño bands in California. Bandas, grupos, duos, stuff like that. I was touring with them, making documentaries, music videos. And on the side, looking into theories about Chalino's death. One night, I was in a van with a guy from Sinaloa, who had worked sound on Chalino's last show. I can't tell you his name or much more about him, because he told me it may endanger his life. But this guy told me this theory that Chalino might have been killed because of a love triangle. The love triangle involved this guy named Rigoberto Campos, a character from the Southern California, Baja California underworld. Years later, Chalino actually sang a corrido about him. Rigoberto Campos was a narco who was obsessed with American mafia movies. He wore Italian suits, had manicured nails, and wore his hair like John Gotti. He was also ambidextrous, which means he was very deadly with a firearm in either his left or right hand. Apparently, Rigoberto was a hell of a hitman in the early days of organized crime in Sinaloa and Tijuana, back when it was just little crews fighting over scattered territory called plazas. And one day, one of his rivals had Rigoberto's deadly arms cut off with a thresher, which is like a paper shredder for trees. But Rigoberto survived. Chalino sang about it. How Rigoberto got prosthetic arms that were rigged so he could still shoot guns. And even with his fake arms, Rigoberto was as deadly as ever. And you know what's wild? Rigoberto, according to family lore, is a cousin of mine. On my grandmother's side, the Salcidos. Sinaloense and LA. It's a small world. And if the love triangle theory is true, this sharpshooting narco with no arms, he's the one that maybe killed Chalino over love. For Futuro Studios and Sonoro, in association with Sin Miedo Productions, I'm Eric Galindo, and this is Idolo, The Ballad of Chalino Sanchez, a show about the man who would become known as the godfather of narco corridos, whose life would become its own kind of legendary drug ballad. 
When we left off last episode, it was the late 70s, and Chalino found himself fleeing Sinaloa with his big brother Armando Sanchez. Chalino had just shot somebody at a party, somebody who might look for revenge. So they headed north to the border. Armando, like many big brothers, seems to be kind of a mentor to Chalino. As they fled from Sinaloa, they became closer. Wherever Armando went, Chalino did too. The Sanchez brothers spent a lot of Chalino's teenage years running back and forth from Tijuana to Los Angeles, even up to Central California. Here's Rolling Stone writer Isabella Raigosa. He migrated to LA in 1977. And then from there, he began to just work on the farms and kind of having like a decent life. But then he started actually uh, smuggling humans as a coyote. It was a formative time for both the Sanchez brothers and for California. That's when L.A. was expanding. As Angelinos fled the city to the suburbs, bigger homes, more freeways, larger families. This led to a demand for laborers like Chalino and Armando and a demand for coyotes to help them get across. Millions of undocumented Mexican immigrants crossed the border looking for work during this period up from tens of thousands in the 60s. Today, there are about 600,000 Sinaloenses that live in the L.A. area alone. Chalino and his brother did a bunch of odd jobs, washing cars, working as day laborers, small-time crimes. And apparently, Chalino was a bit of a hellraiser. O sea, era totalmente impredecible, totalmente. Entonces, igual andaba borracho, era un... That's Chalino's widow Maricela in an interview with Pepe Garza, saying Chalino was unpredictable and lived life hard, filled with drugs, guns, and music. Era drogas, pistola, mm. música. And he was said to be smuggling more than people. Here's Dr. Juan Carlos Ramirez Pimienta. These things are very difficult to document for obvious reasons, but I think he was a, at least not super high level drug trafficker, but he was a a drug trafficker. And that's about all we know. This period of Chalino's life is arguably the one we know the least about, since it's before he became a singer. And that's where this love triangle theory about his death comes from. And honestly, that theory that Chalino died because of a love affair with the woman, it's one of the most popular theories about why Chalino was murdered. I hear it all the time. It had something to do with uh, some ladies that he got mixed up with. It has to do with some love situation, jealousy situation. So that theory floats there. That he was with uh, somebody's wife, like a big narco. Because of the nature of Chalino's life and death, A lot of people I spoke to for this show wouldn't go on the record. Some of them even had narcotized themselves. And a lot of them repeated this love triangle theory. But to be honest, nobody had much evidence to provide for the theory. A lot of it seemed like chisme. A chisme is a rumor mixed with the tall tale. And the thing about chisme is that there's always at least a kernel of truth in it but it's hard to tell when the truth stops 
and the fantasy begins. My family's from the same area as Chalinos, and I grew up around Chismes. My grandmother, on the Salcido side, was a legendary storyteller and told us Chismes all the time. Oh, eso fue en una fiesta que dicen que estaba, que llegó un hombre muy guapo. This is my mom, Elvia, recounting a famous family chisme from my grandmother about a handsome man who arrived to a party. Cuando empezó a bailar con él, se dieron cuenta que tenía las patas de, de gallo, que no era un hombre normal. When my grandmother started to dance with him, she realized he had the legs of a rooster, literal chicken feet. Dijeron que era el diablo el que la había sacado a bailar. The devil had showed up at the party and asked her to dance with him. My mom grew up with stories like this, so she understands Chalino's chisme situation well. She comes from a small pueblo outside Culiacán, Sinaloa, just like Chalino's family, where storytelling is king, where TVs didn't exist or even much radio back then. And it's a small town. People talk. Porque la gente allá se entretiene mucho con el chisme. Les gusta hablar de las personas de unas con otras. Porque es un rancho chico y toda la gente se entera de todos los mitotes. My mom says people on the ranch use chismes as entertainment. In fact, one of Chalino's best-known songs is called Los Chismes. A mí los chismes me vienen flojos y no me importa lo que digan por ahí. My all-time favorite song of his is Los Chismes. That's my friend Maria Garcia. We met because I'm a big fan of her Anything for Selena podcast. And it's it's basically him telling this woman, you know, everybody talks shit about you. Nobody thinks that I should marry you. And he, like, lists off all the reasons people say that she sucks, basically. And then he disputes all of them or basically says, like, I don't give a fuck, girl. I'm going to marry you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care what these chismosos say. Chalino knew that you can't always pay attention to what the chismes says about you. And the Chalino chismes weren't just passed around California. Chana le dijo, Oye tú, ese ya está sentenciado. Ya está sentenciado, lo sentenciaron allá en la sierra. That's Viscocho, a social media star in Sinaloa whose mom was a huge Chalino fan. She's talking about how her nanny loved bringing chismes about Chalino's exploits home to the family dinner table. Chismes, si tú quieres, pero pues que tenían que ver con la realidad. She says chismes about Chalino were always swirling, but they always seemed to have truth to them. Which brings us back to the love triangle theory. While I was doing research on this theory, I reread Sam Quinones' book, True Tales from Another Mexico, in which he writes about Chalino extensively. And I saw something that caught my eye. Sam was writing about Chalino's years in California before he got famous. He wrote that among his jobs during that period, Chalino did a stint as a driver for the owner of a restaurant in Bell Gardens a guy named Rigo Campos. Rigo Campos is Rigoberto Campos Salcido, supposedly my grandmother's cousin, the armless narco at the center of the love triangle theory. Maybe there was something to this chisme after all, that Rigoberto killed Chalino for trying to steal his wife away. 
All right. You ready for some cheese man mixed with fact? Picture this. The sun is beating high on a young Rigoberto Campos as he works in the camps of La Mesa prison in Tijuana in the early 1980s. He's in prison for drug trafficking. He spots Elizabeth Brenner, a beautiful American missionary who is offering the prisoners salvation. Rigo. She spots Rigo, that's what she calls him, and motions for him to meet at their secret spot. <laughs> a few minutes later, Rigo is waiting patiently. He grabs a baño and dabs the sweat from the back of his neck. Then he cracks all his fingers in one motion as he spots Elizabeth coming. He's getting ready to wrap his arms around her. She practically leaps into them as they embrace and kiss. Five years later, Rigo's lying in a hospital bed with both his arms gone after the thresher incident we mentioned at the beginning. As he waits for his new prosthetic arms, he relives that memory in his mind. <laughs> it was the moment he knew Elizabeth was the love of his life. Now it's the late 80s, and we're in the back of a small Italian restaurant in Southeast Los Angeles that Rigo owns. These days, Rigo's known as Don Rigoberto to his crew. Rigoberto's in a war with the narcos who took his arms over the drug trade from the California-Mexico border up to Central California. Suddenly, Elizabeth comes storming into his office, crying. Her dress is torn. Her hair is messy. She says one of Don Rigoberto's best soldiers just tried to kiss her. The Don is livid. Who is this crazy man who dared mess with the love of his life? Elizabeth looks at Rigoberto and says, It was Chalino. Chalino Sanchez just tried to kiss me. His hands were all over me. No, Don Rigo! Esas son puras mentiras, mi Rigo! Chalino comes running in, denying the whole thing. Ella está loca! Ella me quiso tocar, pero yo no metí las manos! She's crazy, he says. I never touched her. She wanted to sleep with me, but I never touched her. Don Rigoberto starts to adjust his prosthetic arm so that he can hold a pistol. The rest of his men are starting to gather around. Chalino knows he can't shoot his way out of here. So he runs. And he keeps running. Until one day, too famous for his own good, the Don catches Chalino slipping in Sinaloa and puts two bullets in the narco singer's head. Now that's one hell of a theory. There are some parts of this story based on documented fact. Rio Campos did meet Elizabeth Brenner, the daughter of a famous Catholic activist named Antonia Brenner, while he was serving time for drug trafficking in La Mesa prison. And they dated for many years. Chalino did apparently work for Rigoberto Campos in Southeast Los Angeles, supposedly helping him run drugs out of a restaurant in Bell Gardens. The end of Rigoberto's life is documented in two places, a corrido recorded by Chalino Sanchez and an LA Times article published in February 28, 1991, a few years after Chalino would have worked with him. 
The song was written by Los Tucanes de Tijuana, but Chalino's version is the more well-known one. So naturally, we couldn't get the rights to Chalino's take on Rigoberto Campos. But here's Los Tucanes. It's the winter of 1991, and Don Rigoberto's driving through Tijuana on his way to bet on the horse races. He's in a white Mercury Grand Marquise being escorted by his bodyguards who are in another Grand Marquise. They turn on a major boulevard right into a trap set by his rivals in the Tijuana cartel. According to the Times article, armed men on both sides of the boulevard then fired 200 rounds using cuerno de chivos, or AK-47s equipped with goat horn-shaped bullet clips, killing Rigoberto Campos and his whole entourage and injuring a lot of innocent people in the process. The LA Times article puts a bow on Rigoberto's life in less words than would fill up a whole tweet. Quote, The dead were identified as Rigoberto Campos Salcido, 46, of Sinaloa State, who authorities said had served time in prison as a convicted drug trafficker. End quote. But I like the way Chalino ends his narco corrido to my cousin, singing simply, The mafia had Don Rigoberto killed because he was getting too powerful. Then he lists a bunch of my other dead cousins from the Salcido side of my family, my grandmother's side, and says Rigoberto's murder was just part of my family's destiny. Como todos los Salcidos, tenía que ser su destino. Now, it's worth pointing out that Rigoberto was killed before Chalino, so there's no way he could have done the hit himself. But I guess it's possible he set the hit into motion before his death. But to be honest, I don't think this theory is the one. It's seductive to think that a love triangle was the cause of Chalino's death, but there's just too much chisme and not enough fact in this theory. And besides, the Rigoberto Campos song is an ode to his boss. The way Chalino sings it, and how he gives him his props, it's all respect and all love. The theory in the end just doesn't make sense. During this period of Chalino's life, the period when he was living in El Norte but wasn't yet famous, something else happened 
that really would change everything. It was his brother, Armando Sanchez. He was murdered in a rundown hotel in Tijuana around Christmas time of 1984. This tragedy was the spark that lit the fire that turned Chalino into a legend. Because to preserve the memory of his brother, Chalino immortalized this incident in the first corrido he ever wrote, called Armando Sanchez. Chalino sings that Armando was killed in a Tijuana hotel by someone he trusted that he was shot seven times on a cold December morning. Unlike many of his later corridos, Chalino sings to his brother in the first person, as if he's in the room with him. Your friends remember you as a brave man. In cold blood, they killed you. You weren't expecting death. There are chismes that Armando was murdered to pay a debt he owed on that local boss he killed in Sinaloa when he and Chalino were just teenagers. There are rumors that the guy who killed Armando wound up dead a few days later, maybe at Chalino's hands. But those are just chismes. What is verifiable fact is that after the death of his brother Armando, Chalino Sanchez was arrested by authorities in Tijuana for mysterious reasons and suddenly found himself in a Tijuana prison where he would discover his love of songwriting and his ability to make friendships with narcos. And that combination would end up making a legend. When Chalino was in prison, he ended up befriending a lot of people involved in the mafia, and he ended up writing a lot of songs for these inmates. En cuanto empezó a cantar Chalino Sánchez con mi acordeón, se me olvidó lo que yo decía que cantaba muy feo. Me encantó, me gustó mucho. They used to say, oh, Chalino Sánchez is the person who invented narcocorridos. That wasn't the case. But he did bring new life into narcocorridos. What made him popular was that he was a, an artist of the people. The birth of Chalino El Musico. That's on the next episode of Idolo, The Ballad of Chalino Sanchez.
This podcast is written and reported by Eric Galindo, Alejandro Mendoza, and Juan Diego Ramirez. It's edited by Marlon Bishop and Carmen Graterol, with help from Rodrigo Crespo. It's produced by Juan Diego Ramirez and Liliana Ruiz, with help from Nicole Rothwell, Evelyn Uribe, and Angelina Mosher Salazar. Executive produced for Sonoro Media by Jasmine Romero and Joshua Weinstein. For Futuro Studios by Marlon Bishop and for Sin Miedo by Eric Galindo. Sound design and mixing by Manuel Para. Original music by Hector Fernandez with the help of Alex Mendoza, Carmen Graterol, Jasmine Romero, myself, Eric Galindo, and Juan Diego Ramirez. Performed by Simon Temoxle, Javier Zabaleta, Junior Arismendi, Gerardo Albaran, and Leonardo Cano, a.k.a. Quinto Zurdo. Music supervision by Big Sync. Special thanks to Natalia Sañor as Elizabeth Brenner and Simon de Moxle as Chalino Sanchez. I'm your host, Eric Galindo. Peace out! Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.